Season. You brought over Carnsa Wentz the year before, Philip Rivers the year before. When does it stop? Reese Hall still leads the team in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, and he went out seven weeks ago. And over to the Nets, winning seven in a row. And it's really the question uh, that boggles the minds of every New York Jets fan. Uh, does he come back next year? There's no wall in you here. There's no way out. There's no way out. What is going on, everyone? You are back here on Jake's Takes. Of course, this is the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I'm Jake Serrano, taking you through some of my quick takes to start your weekend off. Happy Saturday, everyone. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. I hope everyone is having a great break. If you have a break, um, 2023 is right around the corner, and we got another episode here for you today. Let's jump right into it. We got a lot to talk about. I'm excited for it. We got a lot of different people coming on today uh, for a short, brief couple of minutes uh, here and there. We're talking Jets, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles today, among other things. And uh, I got a few people to come and help out, which is awesome. So let's get right to it. Here we go. It's the news around the leagues in the NBA. Three players were ejected from the Pistons' magic matchup. Mo Wagner was ejected for a flagrant foul after he hip-checked Killian Hayes into the Detroit bench. Uh, Hayes and Armando Diallo of the Pistons were also ejected for their actions during the fight. Hayes will serve a three-game suspension for punching Wagner. Wagner will serve two games, and Diallo will serve one game. The Magic find themselves in even more trouble with eight other players involved in the brawl, and they will all be suspended. Cole Anthony, Mobama, Wendell, Carter Jr., RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, Kayvon Harris, Franz Wagner, and Admiral Schofield will all miss one game. Uh, and that is that is a lot. That is a lot in the lineup to change and, and get changed real quick. Uh, but that is what's going on in the NBA. More news. The Brooklyn Nets continue to keep winning after they start off the year on the wrong foot. Firing Steve Nash. The suspension of Kyrie Irving. We talked about all of it. A drama-filled year. But the Nets have now won 10 straight games and are second placed in the East. In the MLB, more news surrounding Carlos Correa and the Mets unfold. As was reported, Correa will not restructure his contract with the Mets. This comes after a huge 12-year deal with the Mets and a recent medical scare with the Giants during his physical. The Mets now have the same concern, leading to the latest snag in contract talks. Yet, it's been also reported three other teams have reached out to Correa's camp if the deal falls apart. Uh, But I did check back today. All this was on Tuesday. And it looks as though headlines and, and news is trending that the Mets will get a deal done with Correa. Uh, but all the drama swirls around the Mets this offseason. It looks like they may be able to get the deal done. But that's what's happening in the MLB. On the turf in Seattle, Tyler Lockett's trending towards playing against the Jets on Sunday. He's listed as questionable. Carson Wentz gets the starts for the Commanders this week. J.J. Watt announces his retirement. The guy once drafted by the Texans, now a Cardinal, three-time defensive player uh, of the year. And there are only two other players that have done this, Aaron Donald and Lawrence Taylor. Joey Bosa's on his way back, getting off of IR, puts him on track to play. And Ryan Tannehill was officially placed on IR for his ankle injury. Tannehill underwent surgery last week. 
Lamar Jackson is out with a PCL injury again, and the Raiders have benched Derek Carr in surprise to everyone, uh, and he will be inactive for Sunday's game. That's your news from around the leagues. Let's get to our first segment. It's Dallas Cowboys, America's team. They're in perfect, perfect season. Dallas played the Titans, who are now 7-9, and and have fallen almost out of playoff contention, beating them 27-13. At the half, it was 10-6 Dallas, and the Cowboys had turned the ball over three times, all by Dak Prescott. Dallas led up over 200 yards and let Joshua Dobbs, a guy who signed 10 days prior to the game, well, 9 days, but 10 now, uh, and let, him, let him stay in the game, let him play. Dobbs played great. Uh, he will probably get to start next week against the Jags. The Titans actually gave themselves a legitimate shot to win this game. Uh, and lo and behold, Dobbs will get another chance next week and will actually get a shot to build chemistry with his wide receivers, which he did not have this week. And they almost won. I mean, there's 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 too much for Dallas right now. A 12 and 4 team that I can't get my mind past. Um, but the Cowboys, they faced the Titans who rested basically all their starters, loaded with injuries. No Tannehill, no Derrick Henry. Uh, the Titans didn't look past this Cowboys game, I don't think. But they're at least gearing up for the Jaguars game next week. And all this is so concerning for Dallas after what they did against Gardner Minshew and now Joshua Dobbs. has too many close calls. And then the turnover and the overtime loss to the Jaguars the week prior. It's too much. Dax had a turnover in each of his last six games. Like I said, the Cowboys are 12 and 4, but I don't understand how far they'll go. You go up against the 23rd ranked defense and the Titans, they nearly shut you down. Nearly. In the first half, a 10 to 6 game, keep it a minute. And uh, a 17 to 13 game until the Cowboys finally pulled away in the fourth quarter and the end of the game. Uh, but the Cowboys defense needs to be firing all cylinders. You know, Parson can't be doing everything. He was doing everything the other day with one hand. One hand. The Cowboys missed. Tony Pollard did it in the Titans game. They really need to get him back. Um, but the but the Cowboys, they're in trouble because they got teams like the Vikings and the 49ers and a lot of tough NFCTs coming their way. They need to get their act together real soon before they get into the playoffs. You can't be playing like this against Garner Minshew and Joshua Dobbs, especially when you're supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. The defense, first of all, I think the defense is playing a lot better, a lot better energy, better presence again by Parsons this year. But we'll see. Can Dak limit his turnovers? Can he get this team on the right track? I mean, we'll see. Um, but I just, I can't understand what's going on with Dallas every week. It's like, they're good, but they're, they're just having this flawed, good season in a sense. And it just doesn't feel right. Um, different from last year, way different from last year. I actually think they could win a playoff game this year, but not the way they're trending with all the turnovers and mistakes. They need to get everyone back healthy. Uh, and Dak needs to get right back on the right track. Um, I do have my friend here, friend of the show, Patrick Zuccarelli, he's going to come on in just a second. We'll listen to him, and he'll talk about the Cowboys. Before I get started, I just want to say thank you to Jake for having me out here, and I uh, really appreciate it. So, first off, let's just put it this way. The Cowboys have absolutely sucked recently. It's just been embarrassing. The defense, horrible. Playing like absolute crap. The offense, way too many turnovers. We turned the ball over twice against a really crappy Tennessee Titans defense yesterday. We only got two sacks against a basically second-string offensive line that they had playing yesterday. And when we were supposed to be one of the best defenses and get the most sacks, we haven't done that in four weeks. I think we maybe have three sacks in the last four weeks, and it's just truly embarrassing. At this rate, I've lost all hope for any playoff success, and I'm going to cheer for them whether they win or lose the first game. I'll be a Cowboys fan forever. 
But wow, is this getting hard to watch. Zero pass rush. Our secondary is just getting burned. I mean, Trayvon's having a great year, so I won't take away from him. But since Anthony Brand's been out, our secondary is getting burned. Leighton Van Der Esch being out, our defense just seems really out of sorts. It's really embarrassing. And for the offense, there's nothing more frustrating than every single time we have that drive at the end of the game where you get one first down, you end the game, and you can just need the ball. It seems like we can never get that first down, and the other team always gets a chance. Perfect example of that is a Jacksonville Jaguars game. You needed one first down. Instead, you get no yards, then a negative two-yard run, and then you decide to throw the ball. And what, what happens when you throw the ball? Incompletion. So you give them a free timeout, basically. I'm hoping we can get everything together. But, uh, hey, go Cowboys. Thanks for having me, Jake. All right. Thanks, Patrick. We wish the Cowboys best of luck, but we're going to move on to our next segment. Here we go. Tri-State success. We're going to start with the New York Jets. As always, the Jets yet again have a shot to make the playoffs after I thought all hope was lost and a half of Jets Nation. Uh, the Jets actually need to win the last two games against Seattle and Miami. The Patriots have to lose out one game for the Jets to grab the seventh seed in the AFC. Mike White will get to start at quarterback. He's been cleared this week with his rib injury. We'll see how tender those ribs really are. Uh, Zach Wilson will be inactive. Says a lot about Zach. Uh, it's really, you know, unfortunate because a lot of people, uh, I mean, obviously wanted him to be the guy for the franchise. I think he's played his last down for the Jets. I think it's pretty much over. There was too much to reset and then failing to come to expectations. Uh, it's either you develop this guy next year, you have a playoff caliber team, you sure have a lot of work to do if you want to do that. Um, I think the Jets trade him this offseason, get a couple picks or whatever, give him a fresh start, but he's lost all hope in New York, the media, the fan base, even his own locker room, which has to be the biggest of them all. Um, once you lose your rock, locker room, it's just, I mean, Mike White t-shirts, it's just hard to, to understand. I, you know, I expect the Jets to be in the market for free agent quarterbacks. Everyone who hasn't been re-signed is clearly up, and I'm sure some of these guys will get signed, some of them are realistic, but I think the Jets should at least get involved with Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady even, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr, and resign Mike White. These are just some of the names. Realistically, who can the Jets really, who do I really want, who I really think they could get? Aaron Rodgers, definitely a possibility. Lamar, a little out there unless you're really letting him give it. Tom Brady, totally, but he probably only has have what? I don't know how much he has left in him. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, definitely. Uh, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr. Like, you know, it's weird to be saying Sam Darnold, Juno Smith, and Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, all these guys in the same sentence. But these are legitimate options for the Jets. Um, they have a ready team, and these guys can take them, especially Jared Goff or Derek Carr. Uh, this could be really interesting offseason for the Jets, depending on which way they want to go. Uh, the Jets, look, the Jets run a run-heavy offense. Remember what they did with Brees Hall? Uh, they got a West Coastal-style offense, you know, coming over from the Shanahan era, Sala and 49ers. Uh, they need someone to come in and deliver. Manage the game. Let the run game work. Let the defense take over. Jets got a lot of weapons on the outside, a lot of skill players. Uh, once everyone's back and healthy, a good offensive line. They've played better uh, this year, even with all the injuries. But they have a lot of success they put up this year, especially with all the injuries and all the things that have gone wrong. It's definitely a good place to be a quarterback now in New York. We'll see who gets to come over there. Uh, as for the Seattle game, Jets got a lot of work to do. I mean, Seattle may be ranked one of the bottom defenses in the league, but they're going to put up a fight. Uh, Seattle's lost five of their last six games, but the Jets pretty much have done the same. Seattle started the season six and three, and like I said, dropped five of the last six. Uh, but both teams are going to be putting up a fight. Geno Smith, can he get his revenge? Both teams are in the playoff race. 
the Jets, the keys to the game here, the Jets defense, they got to create turnovers. Got to get this offense as many chances as possible. The run game's got to be on point for the offense, and the O-line's got to protect Mike White. I think those three things happen. The Jets win this game, and, and we'll see. But the Jets, first, they got to get past Seattle. New England's got to lose one of these two games, and hey, the Jets could potentially have a shot. I actually think New England wins this week. Uh, I think the Jets can get a win here, and I think it all comes down to the final week, week 18, where anything could possibly happen. We'll see what Buffalo does. I think it's all going to come down to the wire in week 18. We'll see if the Jets can get it done. Uh, but we're going to bring on someone else today, too. Um, I got a couple people coming on. We're going to bring on Madison Buchler, and she will give us her thoughts on the New York Jets moving forward. Another friend of the show. I expect the Jets to do pretty well the next couple of games. I, I hope we do. Um, I definitely think we can make the playoffs. I don't know about going very far. Maybe next year. You know, the famous Jets quote, next year is going to be our year. But, you know, I think with Mike White, our offensive line definitely needs to step up. But I think they have more respect for him than Wilson. And I do think that plays a bit of a role. You know, in the last game against the Jags, we saw as soon as Strebler came in, the O-line was like on it. Um, Maybe not their best, but a bit different than when Wilson was. So I think, you know, if if we can win these next two games, I, I don't know about, like I said, I don't know about going far. But I can definitely see us making it to the playoffs, which would be huge. As far as Zach Wilson goes and his future with us, it's a little shaky. You know, a lot of people like to compare him to, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence. And I saw someone compare him to Brady, which is hilarious. But, um, you know, like Aaron Rodgers sat for three years before he was, you know, thrusted into the, the NFL. So I, I, I think he needs maybe another year, but he does need some time. And really, he just needs to gain the respect of the players again. Like I said, I think respect is a huge thing, especially with a quarterback. And to kind of disrespect your whole team like he did a couple couple of weeks ago, that's a big part of the game as well. You know, you play on and off the field. So if Zach Wilson can get his act together, I, I do see a future with, with him. I, I really do like Mike White. I, I probably, I like him more than I think Wilson, but I do think that Wilson's getting a bit of a bad rep, especially like the last game. You know, again, it wasn't as much as, you know, Wilson missed a couple of throws and he, that he shouldn't have, the O-line was not there. So, you know, some of the announcers were even saying, like, what, if you put Tom Brady in there, if you put Brett Favre, if you put Joe Namath, what, you, they can't do anything without an O-line. So, I do think he got a bit of a bad rep, but he also needs to come back and make a personal comeback, not only with his skill, but with his efforts and respect for the team as a whole. All right. Thank you to Maddie for joining us on the show today. Uh, we're going to move on to our next segment, Really Room for the Jets. Here we go. The Eagles, they have had a tremendous season this year. Jalen Hurts, again, listed as doubtful for this game. Uh, the Eagles will take on the Saints in hopes of locking up an NFC East division in the number one seed. With Jalen Hurts out, how far can the Eagles go? Really, honestly, I think they can go pretty far. But even with Jalen Hurts in there, the Eagles got the number two defense in the NFL, number one pass defense, the fourth best rushing offense, the third total offense in the NFL. The uh, the Eagles offense is averaging 29 points per game, the most in the NFL. Uh, they are set up to be the best team in the NFC. I wouldn't want to face them if I'm any other NFC team. The only tough task for this team will be the San Francisco, and I mean the only, will be the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they've proven they can get it done with anyone at the helm. Uh, they have the best run defense ranked in the NFL, so... Um, and I, I know they're with Christian McCaffrey and all these guys, they're going to do good on offense as well, running the ball at you on defense. So this is going to be a tough task. You know, 
best run defense versus one of the best run offenses. And there's so many other stats to get through. It's absolutely ridiculous. But two of the best teams in the NFC, uh, I think both these teams will end up in the championship game. We'll see what happens. Honestly, if it's Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy, I take Jalen Hurts. But Purdy's been playing well the last four games. 64.4 completion percentage, or 69.4, I should say, completion percentage. Last four games, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, he's getting it done. Defense playing well, and the 49ers are beating teams left and right. That's going to be a tough challenge. Can the Eagles get it done? I think they can. This is a very, very good Eagles team. Uh, regardless, I think whatever team goes to the uh, Super Bowl, I think the AFC is going to win because uh, I just think they're a stronger conference. But this Eagles team has been dominant this year. They've been rolling through teams. You know, they're missing Jalen Hurts right now. They should have beat the Cowboys last week. Almost did. Fly, Eagles fly, continue to move on, continue to roll on. And honestly, I'll think, I think they get the win against the Saints this week, lock up the division, and get the one seed. Uh, the Eagles dominating this year. I really do think the only challenge they'll have is the 49ers. I'm going to bring on another friend of the show, Mike Salvato. He's going to talk about the Eagles coming up. As an Eagles fan and an NFL fan, I can confidently say the Eagles will definitely make the playoffs. Um, depending on how serious Jalen Hurts' injury is, you know, the fans really have no idea because the media can say one thing, but it really doesn't matter. Nobody really knows the actual physical problem with Hurts, except for the team's staff. We hope as fans, you know, he'll come back and play a playoff game for us, maybe win a game. But let's say Minshew's got us play the divisional game. I'm not very confident. But with Hurts behind the helm, I think the sky's the limit. This, you see the way the team rallies behind him. They, they tried their best against Dallas with, with Minshew, but Minshew didn't really manage the game the right way. What I mean by that is Hurts' Hertz, extra you know, element of option and his speed opens up the run. And that's what, you know, that's why our team was so successful. When teams don't got to worry about, you know, Minshew running, they stack the box and they play a completely different defensive scheme. You know, Hertz is really an X factor for our team. And let's say he comes back um, fully healthy for the playoffs. Sky's the limit. Like I said, um, I fully believe that the only team that could really give us a run for our money in the NFC Maybe the Niners and Dallas is a fraud. Dak Prescott, fraud. Threw two interceptions and fumbled against the Titans without Derrick Henry. Yes, you could say the game wasn't, it doesn't mean that much. Because, you know, regardless, they're not going to win the division. As long as Philly beats New Orleans, you know, Dallas, as much as they keep winning, they can only get a wild card pick. And they're never going to have a, they're not going to have a home playoff game. That's really the only threat to us. I think the AFC is a lot more powerful. The NFC is a cakewalk, Philly, this year. All right, let's move on to our next segment. Thanks, Mike, for joining us. Appreciate that and all your thoughts on the Eagles. As I said, I you know I do think the 49ers are going to be one of the bigger challenges. Uh, we'll see what the Cowboys do, uh, but the 49ers definitely are going to shake some heads, even with Brock Purdy. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant, no longer irrelevant, uh, no more. Let's move on. Here we go. The New York Giants. The Giants, despite losing to the Vikings last week, all they have to do is beat the Colts, and I believe they're in the playoffs. Daniel Jones played great this season. 13 touchdowns. Well, I mean, he's played good. 13 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 66% completion percentage this year. Uh, and last week, he threw for over 300 yards, a 71 completion percentage in the Vikings game. Jones, he's got to try and put this team on his back a little bit, make a stronger push for the playoffs. Uh, it's clearly evident that Saquon's back, as I predicted earlier in the year. Go look for that if you want to question me on that, but I did. Um, this is, you know, this is pretty much the offense. 
Jones is doing everything, and I mean everything possible. Outside of Saquon Barkley, there's really nothing for him, and he's still getting it done. I think Dave Ball should be coach, coach of the year. A uh, very quick turnaround for the Giants. If they make it to the playoffs, I think it's a way better case. Uh, but they've won eight games so far this year. Dominant performance uh, a couple games ago by Kayvon Thibodeau, the guy they drafted. Defensive lineman, I should say, they drafted of Oregon in the first round this past year against the Commanders. Uh, the Giants are back. The Jets are back. These teams are back. Finally giving fans in New York a chance to breathe and live and survive. Uh, the Giants, they roll on. They've been playing a lot better. And they can very well make it into this playoffs. I don't know how far they'll go. They're not one of the strongest teams in the NFC. They have a lot to work to do this offseason, especially if they want to keep Daniel Jones or get some other quarterback in here to get the skill positions up. But they played pretty well uh, to get this get this year done, uh, especially when I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, going to be a rebuild year, an evaluation year, and they've completely turned it around in one season. Uh, but we're going to get Ed O'Connell, another friend of the show, to talk about the Giants. His perspective on them. Uh, let's listen to him now. Hi guys, I'm a, I've been a lifelong Giants fan for my entire life, 20 years and counting. Um, I got to be honest, I don't expect much. Um, we're definitely not a very strong team in the in that aspect, but you never know. Any given Sunday, I probably expect expect us to be playing against the 49ers or Minnesota Vikings in the first round. Uh, we can probably beat the Vikings, but the Niners is a completely undoable task. So I would probably expect us to be a first round exit. But it's the first time we've been in the playoffs in five years, so I can't complain. Um, overall, this season though, it's been it's definitely been a, a refresher. It's been a obviously the last couple of seasons have been very bad for us. Three and thirteen, five and eleven, six and ten. I think there was a season we did that. Um, it's just been a very droughty couple of years for Giants fans. So this year, being a, a plus five hundred record would be amazing, and a playoff berth for the first time in five years would be crazy. Um, overall, uh, how I would evaluate our new coach and management staff in Brian DeBole and Joe Shane to be exceptional. I mean, it's very rare that a rookie head coach and a rookie general manager are able to carry a team with not a lot of talent into the playoffs. Um, as we know, the offense is been riddled with injuries all year we have our top wide receivers would be practice squad wide receivers on other teams and coach the and joe shane had made it work to a point where we're now eight seven and one on the cusp of a playoff berth so i can't really complain too much about their performance i actually really like the and shane and i think that they are a strong future for our organization and I'm just hoping that in the offseason during the draft, we're able to get a lot of players and a lot of young talent that'll help our team tenfold. Daniel Jones this season is obviously an interesting one. Um, he's having his best career year statistically with probably the worst weapons he's ever had. Uh, he lost Shepard. Uh, his top wide receivers, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Bellinger. I mean, I can't knock him. I can't. He's he's had a very good year uh, from, from his standpoint. He's on the verge of breaking all of his uh, rookie year records where I, be I believe he threw for 2,800 yards. I could be wrong with that, but I think he's up for 3,000 yards so far this season. His turnover ratio has been very good, and I think DeBowell has coached him very well. So I do think that the Giants are probably going to extend him probably to a three- to four-year deal um, or maybe even the franchise tag. As for the rest of the team, I mean, Barkley's having his best season. He's 54 yards and two touchdowns away from his both of his – rookie season stats being broken the defense i mean the defensive line has come out of its shell in the last six weeks i believe we have 16 sacks in four games or something along those lines 
So I'm very excited to see how we perform this upcoming in the playoffs, and especially Sunday as I will be in attendance at the game. So hopefully we can clinch that playoff berth, and hopefully the Giants can have a good future ahead of them for the first time in about a decade. That was Ed O'Connell. Thank you for coming on, my friend. Hopefully you have a good time at the game. And I think the Giants are going to get the win, and they will secure a playoff spot for the first time, as you said, in a while. So we're going to move on. A couple last topics we got to get to. Game picks coming up. Let's get to them. Here we go. We got game picks for Sunday. I'm going to give a little standings read, uh, but we got a lot of games to get through. And it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty good. We're gonna start in the NFC this time. In the East, we know the Eagles are on top, 13 and two. Cowboys right behind them at 12 and four. Both teams already locked up in the playoffs. The Giants eight six and one. They can get through if they get a win. The Commanders right behind them seven seven and one. I believe they still have a shot at the playoffs as well. In the West, it's the 49ers on top, 11 and four. Seattle still fighting seven and eight. Rams five and ten. Cardinals four and eleven. Vikings in the North. 12 and 3, Lions 7 and 8, Packers 7 and 8, Bears 3 and 12, Lions and Packers still have a shot. Uh, in the South, it's 7 and 8, the Buccaneers on top, Panthers 6 and 9, Saints 6 and 9, the Falcons 5 and 10. Somehow, some way, the Panthers, Saints, and Bucks still all have a shot. We'll see who makes it. I think it's going to be the Panthers, but we will see. In the East, in the AFC, it's 12 and 3, the Bills. Dolphins at 8 and 7, Patriots 7 and 8, and the Jets at 7 and 8. All teams still alive in the playoffs. AFC West, it's the Chiefs 12 and 3, the Chargers 9 and 6 who lock up a playoff spot last Monday, Raiders 6 and 9, the Broncos 4 and 11. In the North, Bengals 11 to 4, Ravens 10 and 5, Steelers 7 and 8 and the Browns 6 and 9. In the AFC South, it's the 7 and 8 Jaguars on top, 7 and 9 Titans, 4 and 10 and 1 Colts and the Texans are 2 12 and 1. That's your standings read. Let's get to some of the highlighted games uh, that I've put down here. And then I'll give the rest of the schedule. So we got Carolina 6-9 versus the 7-8 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is going to be a good one for the division pretty much. Uh, and we'll see how this all shapes out after this game. I think the Panthers are going to get the win here. You know, Hear me out on this. They've been playing very consistent the past couple weeks. Sam Darnold playing efficient football one since he's come back in. The Bucs and Brady, too many turnovers. Uh, when I watched that Cardinals game, it was way too close. They should have beat them by way more. Uh, and it was because of the turnovers and mistakes on offense. Panthers have won four of their last six. Probably should have beaten the Ravens. They held to Lamar to 13 points. 13 points, Lamar Jackson. This was before his injury. Uh, if the, uh, Dante Foreman can get going here, uh, they will win this game. You know, it's seemingly come super close, this team. Every time to either winning or they have won when Foreman puts up over 70 yards. And they really dominate when he's over 100 yards and he's scoring. I mean, last week he put over, what, 130, 40 yards and a couple touchdowns. Last week, the Panthers team ran for over 300 yards total on the ground. Uh, if they can get this going, let Sam Donald manage the game, they will win. Tampa gives up over 120 yards on the ground per game. It's really the matter of can Tampa's offense get back on track against the Panthers. And listen, this is no slumpy defense either for the Panthers. They're good. Uh, and, we'll, you know, they're young and hungry. We'll see what the Bucs can do. If they don't turn the ball over, they will dominate. But everything feels out of sync this year for the for the Bucs. It's just hard to count them out with Brady. But I'm going to take the Panthers. They're hot as late, uh, and they're way more consistent. And I really think they have a real shot at the playoffs, especially with all the quarterback changes they've been through, everything they've been through, firing of Matt Rule. And I, I really do think they have a shot at the playoffs. I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. 
Minnesota Vikings 12 and 3 versus the Packers 7 and 8 an interdivision matchup the Vikings letting too many teams stay close in the past couple weeks who would have thought the Packers would be here not me uh, I think Green Bay is climbing at the right time the defense especially last week beginning to form up a little bit uh, I believe what they have the second best pass defense in the NFL or something like that I, I know they're top five or top three uh, but they, they'll give Minnesota for the run for their money. They definitely need that pass defense against the Vikings with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Dalvin Cook, all these guys. Uh, but if there's one team to beat the Vikings in a close game, I really am going to take the Packers, especially in their own division. The Pack stay alive. They'll get the win in a close one. Uh, but I think Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers stay alive. The best game, probably the best game of the year, the Bengals 11-4, Bills 12-3. The Bengals will be at home for this. It's going to be a playoff game. I'm excited. Two playoff teams. And there's going to be, there's not too many weaknesses between the two, two teams. Both defense, one of the best is in the league. Uh, both up there. Both offenses, some of the highest scoring offenses in the league. What stands out, honestly, is the turnovers between both teams, the sacks. Uh, and and, and we've got to look at the errors between these teams because there's really not too many of them. You know, the Bengals, they lost Lil Collins, their tackle. Burrow's been sacked 39 times this year. I think that's something important to watch out for, especially with Greg Russo and all these guys getting hungry on the Bills defense. Watch out for that. That's going to be important. Uh, but I think this game's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be close. And I think it's whoever commits the first mistake, turnover, that kind of thing on offense, um, really what defense steps up. Josh Allen's been turning over the ball as of late a lot. Like quite a bit. Uh, I believe they have uh, 24 giveaways or something like that, second most in the NFL uh, in giveaways this year, the Bills are. Uh, but the, both the Bills and the Bengals are top 10 in total offense, points per game, and passing offense as well. So it's going to be a real dogfight. Um, but I really think it's going to come down to who makes the biggest mistake. The Bengals aren't perfect either, but they don't have 24 giveaways, 11 in which. Are fumbles for the for the Bills, um, and honestly, and if, if they're in their own home stadium, the Bengals are. The crowd's gonna be loud. They're on the road. The Bills. It's a tough place to play. You know, I'd rather take my chances with the Bengals than the Bills. I think the Bills can make the error first, especially with all that's going on. Um, seven straight wins for the Bengals. Six straight for the Bills. Two of the best teams. I still think the Bills have the best shot at the Super Bowl this year, but. I really do see the Bengals pulling this one out. I know it's going to be close. It's going to be a high-scoring game. The point spreads even by one point in favor of the Bills, but I'm taking Cincinnati at home. Uh, I really think the Bills will commit the most turnovers first and often. Um, while I do think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to take Cincy in this one. Uh, let's get to the rest of the games. We got Arizona Atlanta. I'm going to take Atlanta. Uh, more problems with Colt McCoy uh, this week in Arizona, so I'm going to take Atlanta. Chicago over Detroit. Interesting one here because Detroit's still in it. Uh, Detroit lost last week against the Panthers. Absolutely blown out in the run game everywhere possible. They completely destroyed my fantasy team. Lo and behold, anything else. Um, but I will say this. Chicago, if they can get with Justin Fields this run game going, one of the best or the best in the NFL. I'm pretty sure the Chicago Bears have the best running game in the NFL. They will destroy the Detroit Lions, and they will take them out of the postseason contention. Despite how good Lions have played the past few weeks, I'm really getting worried for them, especially with Chicago. Chicago plays well. They played gritty against the Bills last week, even though they got blown out 35-13. I'm going to take Chicago, though, with their run game. I think they can wane out. Uh, Detroit, Denver, and Kansas City are going to take Kansas City. Maybe there's a rebound by uh, Russell Wilson here, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. New England, Miami, another important one for the playoffs here. Uh, if New England stays alive, I think New England does get the win. No Tua concussion. Teddy Bridgewater will play. Uh, but the Patriots, 
Defense is playing well. I think the offense just has to get going. They've been close the past couple weeks against Cincinnati. Should have beat the Raiders. So I'm going to take New England. The Giants in Indianapolis, like I said, I think they're going to beat the Colts. They'll get into the playoffs. The Colts haven't been good all year. Uh, and the Giants, I think they can get the one win that they need. Philly over New, uh, New Orleans. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. They'll lock up a couple things, and uh, they're going to get business done here. Uh, Cleveland and Washington, I'm going to take, you know, this one's actually interesting. I think I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take Cleveland. For the mere fact that Tyler Heineke is not playing, uh, I don't know what the energy is like over there in Washington uh, with Carson Wentz, and I think it was a lot better with Heineke. I'm going to give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt here, and honestly, they should have kept Heineke in the helm. I'm going to take Cleveland, Jacksonville over Houston, uh, San Francisco over the Raiders. I'm taking the Jets over Seattle. I really hope they win. Uh, Green Bay over Minnesota, as I mentioned, the Chargers over the Rams. Pittsburgh, the final one here, Pittsburgh over Baltimore for the mere fact that Lamar is out. Pittsburgh's playing better of late. They have playoff chances. Mike Tomlin, uh, I think they can shut down Baltimore and Tyler Huntley. I think they get the win. I know they played them recently and lost, but I think Pittsburgh can squeeze this out. They'll get the win over Baltimore, keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, let's get to – this has been a quick episode. Uh, we will get to – Final thoughts for today, and obviously we know what this is. Any last thoughts before I got to close out the show? I actually got some really nice things to say. Uh, in college basketball, Indiana University basketball player uh, Anthony Leal gave his family a Christmas surprise. Leal used his NIL deal, which has been very controversial, uh, to help pay off his sister student loan debts for the holidays. So the NI deal, NIL policy, excuse me, became active July of 2021. Leo will now enter his third season with Indiana. Very, very nice. Very awesome story. And a lot of controversy over the NIL. But without this, I mean, it might have been possible. He gives his sister an awesome present for the holidays in the NFL. Charles Leno Jr. of the Washington Commanders was named NFLPA's community MVP for donating over $95,000 to different families, charities, and organizations. Leno donated and gave back for 25 straight days, pledging over 7,500 meals for the next three years to feed the fridge as part of Beyond the Entertainers Tackling World Hunger Initiative. So uh, shout out to Leno for doing all this, a part of the Commanders, yet Week 17's Community MVP. Um, your work does not go unnoticed. Um, that's going to be it for today. I really hope everyone has a good new year. Set your goals for 2023. Let them get out there, do things you got to get done, and uh, be ambitious is the best thing I can say, and, and take everything as it goes and, and, and be the best version of yourself. But as always for me, thank you for joining me on another edition of Jake's Takes today. I'll be back next Saturday to provide more of my takes. Remember to visit TunnelVisionSports.TVSportsMag.com and follow our Instagram at TunnelVisionSports underscore and our Twitter account at underscore TV Sports. Don't forget to follow the Jake's Takes Instagram account for everything you need podcast-wise, that's Jake's Takes TVS. Uh, contact my email, sjake at tvsportstaff.com. Join the show, ask questions, request an interview or feature. Uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, follow button, leave a like, comment, rating on the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, I'm Jake Strano signing off. We got more stuff coming your way in the coming weeks. Uh, I will be involved in a few things, and I'm excited to do it. Um, There's a lot of stuff coming up, previews more guests on the show as well i got a lot i got a lot of things coming up which is really exciting for the show that's going to be it today thank you once again for listening remember to keep up with all your sports needs with television sports a positive shift in sports media we get it popping homie day and night got the party jumping about to break the ice
Real life. <laughs>